episode of Childhood Ruined. This is an emergency podcast about Weezer's Teal albums. We released today and we just had to lay down some thoughts about the Weezer album. Right, because, you know, Twitter didn't already lose its mind about it. And when this goes up, it'll be like four days old and three more things have cycled through by that point but we got to generate those clicks we got to get the clickbait out there as soon as possible we are nothing if not timely yes yeah you know every few months we'll drop a podcast when it when it suits our fancy right and i have a new microphone and headset set up so i'm excited to test that out yeah you sound good i am talking into a blue yeti microphone very nice uh shout out to them it's not uh sponsored by any means but uh, this is my first podcast with a microphone, so hopefully it sounds good for you, listeners. I'm speaking into a Rode NT1. I would I would love for a Rode to sponsor me in any way, shape, or form they want to. P.S. My microphone costs way more than yours. And remember, you can contact Chris at Geekzinga on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we you are listening to the cover of every... Wants to rule the world. Right. Here's for Fears classic, uh, covered by Weezer as one of their tracks on the Teal album, which uh-huh. I listened to today as soon as I saw that it came out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had seen that it was out. Um, they were actually discussing it on the morning radio show on my drive into work. Um, and they play a bit of the Billie Jean cover, which we'll get to if we talk long enough. Um, and I immediately had opinions. I didn't know at that time that the Africa cover was on it, but it but it also is. Which makes sense. It's the first track, and, you know, again, right. it makes sense. Um, sure, it makes sense if you wanted to do this endeavor at all, which... Frankly, I'm a little puzzled by, but we can start with uh, your thoughts and feelings about all of it. Yeah, so maybe if you can get, turn that down a bit. Okay. I'm sure we'll come back to some of the other selections in the future. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's been a while since we've been here. Uh, we're going to skip over the hi, how you doing stuff and just dive right into our thoughts on this on this track. Um, we, we can check in on personal stuff later. If yeah, I'm sure it'll, it'll come up organically. So I was at work today. Uh, at, it's just been a busy week. And then I saw through the ether that Weezer had released this album, and I was curious, so I had a little bit of a lunch break and then time while I was writing notes. So I was listening to songs here and there and tweeting about my thoughts as I heard each song. And overall, it's kind of similar to the feeling I had about Africa, last summer where it was kind of cool that it existed it was fun it seemed like an in-joke a meme it was sort of a funny thing that oh weezer covered africa okay that's that's kind of interesting that's you know whatever i like the original better and if it introduces some people who have never heard of that song or toto if it educates them that this type of music exists and they can go find it like great that's a good thing uh-huh. At the same time, I just I never I kind of like that the cover existed of Africa. And to be very clear, I'm a I'm a big fan of Weezer. Uh grew up with that music. You and I have talked about doing an episode specifically about our different thoughts about that band, which uh-huh. unbeknownst to us, SNL did a better version of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh with their holiday Weezer video. Yep. Um, skit which if you haven't seen look that up it's matt damon and leslie jones i'm on team leslie uh just having the best conversation (laughs) ever about weezer which we could repeat that here more or less over the next 45 minutes right um so we've talked about weezer before we've had some thoughts about writing uh doing a podcast about it and then the the cover of africa was kind of fun we did a, a podcast earlier uh, several months ago about Yacht Rock and spent quite mm-hmm. a bit of time on Toto and our appreciation of that type of music. Right. So it's just very much in our mindset. And then this album comes out and it's like, okay, 
they sort of did the same thing to a lot of other songs where they covered the song. They didn't really do anything different with it. They didn't take any chances. They're just performing the song and performing it, which what feels like a, a low amount of energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Weezer karaoke on a Tuesday night. Yeah, that's what you said as we were texting about. Well, do you want to do this? And that's that was your line of. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they're doing karaoke of these songs, and these songs are are very good. Like, there's a lot of these songs that are pretty iconic. And somebody that's responded to me on Twitter and said, like, you know, this album does one thing really well. It makes me want to listen to the originals. <laughs> right, and and I guess kind of. You know, how you feel about it will depend on that litmus test of how cynical you want to be about it, um, how obvious you think these covers are, <laughs> any number of things. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so my initial thought is, because I, I, I'm not steeped in Weezer lore or Reverse Como, like what his motivations are, but maybe to back up a bit. What should a cover album be? Well, the music, you're more of the music snob and you have stronger thoughts on these things. Yeah, well, I'm going to push back on just that basic question a little bit because, you know, we're talking about art. We're talking about, you know, pop art, which is, you know, not exactly, you know, nobody's writing symphonies here. So, I mean, the answer to that question is kind of, you know, whatever works for you. I'll answer for myself, which is generally I want covers to be one of two things. Either number one, an artist finds something from a long time ago or just that just was never popular and sort of puts a fresh you know coat of paint on it and introduces you to this great song that for whatever reason just you know didn't didn't get the attention that it deserved or they take a song that you know well and they do something really new and interesting with it in terms of releasing covers i would say i mean you know when you're playing a live show you know cover whatever you want you know pay pay or do an homage to whoever you want to and that's kind of how i felt about africa when i first heard is like this is fine but it it just feels like i should have just stayed with their live show like i wasn't really sure that we needed a a, an actual release of it in fact i had a fairly cynical response to it i don't know if we want to get into that now we can just stick with my answer to your question so anyway that that's what i think uh you know for me i want out of a cover song or a cover album for me, Africa over the summer, like I said, it was fun. It seemed kind of kitschy. It was. It seemed to have some self-awareness because one of the things that fascinated me, which we talked a little about on the, the Yacht Rock pod, was how younger generations have found that song and made it their own. Right, and this is where I was sort of cynical about it. Yeah. Um, and, like they were trying that... to cash in on that pop community. Yep. Sure, and I think... There's probably some of that, and in and, and some ways, like, I applaud that. Like, okay, you know, you're opportunistic. Get on, ride the wave. That's fine. The entire album of other popular songs that don't really have much of a connection to each other, where the covers don't really take chances, Yep. it seems like an odd choice. And the word you use that I, that I came back to is that none of these feel necessary Yep. It feels sort of inconsequential. And with the speed of the Internet, something we've talked about before, I feel like by this time next week, no one will remember this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know for sure either. Um, so I, I guess, you know, is this Weezer hoping like they, they can reintroduce a bunch of songs to kids are kids listening to weezer like i don't who is weezer's demographic at this point because if their demographic is more like me and you people that you know started listening to weezer when they were what i was in college when the blue album came out um i mean i, I said it's 
it's like a mellowed out version of a band you enjoyed 15 to 20 years ago, <laughs> lazily covering songs you enjoyed 25 to 30 years right. ago. And and it's and they're like they're really obvious covers, you know. They're just almost all of them are really 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 popular songs from the you know 80s and 90s for the most part i guess paranoid's the 70s mr blue sky is 70s yeah. i believe 60s yeah, 70s after those two i think everything is more recent than that and again it's it's not like they dusted off you know some michael jackson song that people had kind of forgotten about or you know wanted to be like you know what aha had a has had a well they've had like a 30-year career they're super popular and in europe check out this awesome song that you buy them that you don't know they did like the one song that everybody knows and they did it super conventional yeah just very true to the original it's almost you know in some ways it kind of sounds to me like you know you've got a keyboard player and he's like check it out i've got all these sweet patches that sound like the original song (laughs) you know and they're like oh cool we can cover that (laughs) you know but it's weezer it's not you know a bar band that's you know getting paid to cover songs so it'd be interesting to know and i haven't looked at interviews or searched for if if they've talked about this what's the motivation because if the motivation is hey this is music we like we were weezer so we can do this and this is fun for us and it's a good time and if people like it cool and if not whatever then okay they, they can do whatever they want well i mean obviously they can do whatever they want period but i guess i feel like if that was your aim and it's like it's not just like can we is there's a cheap way for us to sort of cash in on this then you do it as like a I don't know, an album for charity or raising money or something, you know? I feel like people are more forgiving in that. Yeah. You know, if, if it if, was like if 50% Weezer of the for cancer were going to <laughs> the federal workers or some mm-hmm. other kind of cause that was me. That would have been a perfect one right now. It was like, okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, you were right. you were playing Sweet Dreams in the background earlier, the original by the Arrhythmics. Great song that has been yeah. covered previously and has been covered in a way where the new version feels unique yep feels like it adds something new so Mm -hmm. the marilyn manson cover of sweet dreams i think is a good cover because it does something different it's a different vibe it feels like a marilyn manson song even though Mm -hmm. it's a cover of Mm -hmm. a different artist it has a distinct personality and the thing about these songs is I don't feel like any of them sound like Weezer. Uh, I mean, I, I I guess I do feel like some of them sound like Weezer, like we've got Paranoid very quietly in the background, and it does sound like a Weezer cover of Paranoid to me. Like, it does not sound... It's nowhere near sludgy enough for, like, the original no, Black Sabbath. it's way yeah. too easygoing. It's soft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of... It feels unsettling to me, but not in the same way that... Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams felt on Right, not not Hide Your Children. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, I was thinking about it, and some of it, I think, the reason, at least for myself, that I'm not giving them a pass on this is because of, like, who Weezer, especially early Weezer, was to me, and kind of where they're at in their career, because I was kind of thinking, and I feel like artists of another generation like Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett or a lot of people have done albums where they just cover songs and we kind of appreciate that about them like oh it's it's Tony Bennett and he's doing some more recent songs that's pretty cool he's he's doing them in the Tony Bennett style like hey cool Johnny Cash had all those albums where he's covering Nine Inch Nails and well I I thought about that one but the one thing I will say is that like he took the I mean I I have not talked about every single song on the albums but like the ones I know best he really took them and like did something with them and um they just they have a different feel especially like at that point in his life like you know when you listen to like his cover hurt like it 
it sounds like a eulogy for Johnny Cash. <laughs> so that one was a little bit different for me. But but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what my, you know, the artists get to a certain point in their career. And it's like we give them credit for like, oh, yeah, he's going to he's going to do a Nine Inch Nail song that, you know, Weezer certainly not getting from me here because, you know, they're not in their 70s. They're They're not performing in Vegas. I don't know. Maybe that that should be the move. Like if they should just have like a, a six month stretch where they're playing Vegas, they'd probably do quite well there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe in his head, that's kind of where River is at on this. I mean, I know he feels really strongly about sort of the various elements that go into doing really good pop music and. You know, maybe that's just kind of what he wants to do right now is be like, these are some of the best pop songs. And even though they're, you feel like you've heard them a million times, you should listen to them again. Who knows? Like, I, I try to do a little bit of Internet research before we did this, but I, I, I got sidetracked by reading about him going to Harvard and, you know, stuff from back in the day. Well, in terms of songs that are re-listenable on this mm-hmm. other than like, hey, Weezer covered this. I want to check it out. I think the one that you're playing now, Mr. Blue Sky, is one of the more re-listenable songs. It's it makes me think of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, of course, um, right? With Groot dancing and the whole action sequence in the beginning, right? Which uh, was an amazing sequence that sort of brought that song to the forefront again. So which is, you know, which is again, it's like I'm sure I'm he's like, probably aware of that. Like, oh, we yeah. should do that song. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it kind of questions that opportunism. Um, element you were talking about previously but i think in just terms of that song and how it's composed and i think just the original content it like fits more with the sort of style they're performing these songs in Mm -hmm. where it's kind of light it's it's upbeat it's happy yep but every song on the album is performed that way right and there's not you really know, a range of how these songs are performed. Like <laughs> like Billy Jean and Stand By Me and Paranoid all sort of have the same vibe, which strikes me as just odd. Well, I mean, the general vibe, I would say, is like, this is the original song and we're going to play it pretty, you know, as best Weezer can, we're going to play it straight like the you know as close as like i said i mean a lot of the keyboard sounds are very true to the original you know it sounds like you know either they (laughs) bothered to go and find what was used or you know have the uh you know the reproduction of it that they can use and it just it sounds like those songs with just you know in some cases because like weezer's never been about amazing musicians and so it just kind of sounds like those songs as faithfully reproduced by weezer as possible with maybe the exception of like no scrubs which i kind of i wanted to like because that was the one that's like oh this is you know redoing a chance right is redoing this as a rock song and so like for about I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, I kind of wanted to like it. But then there was just something about, again, like this, his vocal delivery that just it. Again, it just feels very like, I don't know, just kind of uninspired. Like, yep, here's the lyrics. I can sing this melody. (laughs) Right. There's (laughs) you know, there's not much to it. And the last three songs are No Scrubs, Billie Jean, Stand By Me. Yep. Which it's a white male singing song. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> nice. We couldn't even plan that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, a, a white male performer kind of singing these songs with, of persons of color with not that much energy or enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And Here, let's, let's turn this up just for a second. Okay. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Hanging at the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy that can't get Again, no I, I sort of 
applaud the gender swapping nature of, of singing this song? I'm well, out. I'll say this: at least he did not purposely change the lyrics to ref- to reflect gender, because that always Correct. really bothers me when people cover a song yeah. and they feel like they have to like oh no if i sing this they might think i'm actually singing it about another yeah. guy so like, i that really that bothers me of it. um but again having you know, this band perform these songs to get you know some attention some commercial success it there's that element of it that i don't i don't want to belabor that point but mm-hmm. that struck me as just weird I don't know. It's it's not the first time. It won't be the last that that happens <laughs> uh, by, by any means. But it was interesting that they end it with these three songs. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even really think about the track ordering and that those were, you know, I, I guess... I don't know. To me, like a good song is a good song, and like if you want to cover it, cover it, regardless of like, you know, who the original artist was and whatnot. But again, they just—they—none of them are doing anything for me. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you because we kind of talked about this at the beginning of like what a cover band—not cover band—a cover album like could be or should be. Right. But one of your favorite artists that I always give you a hard time about is Ryan Adams. Right. And my understanding is several years ago, he released an album that was just Taylor Swift's album, but he did the songs. Yep. And so I haven't listened to that, but how is that different or the same as this? Um, well, I I guess in some ways it, it was the same. Like it's very much taking the Taylor Swift songs taking out all the slick production and just doing them like the Ryan Adams songs like down to the basic chords and melody and seeing how they stand up and my understanding is that's kind of where that idea came from was like you know just doing it kind of for fun and being like oh you know these are actually well written songs underneath the you know pop polish and like I don't know at what point it got decided to actually do it as a project, but um, so in some ways it's the same, but and and frankly, I mean, people's opinions about that were all over the place too when it came out, much like this one. It's just that I don't, you know, I don't think Ryan is quite as popular as Weezer, so it just wasn't as big of a deal like on the internet. But I certainly remember music people talking about when that came out, and some people thinking it was fun and then liking it. Some people thinking it was kind of a you know funny joke, and some people just hating it. So I don't know. It just it that one felt like it had a little bit more character and fun to it in some ways than this one does. Again, kind of coming back to what you said of like, it's not just that they're covering obvious songs and doing them very faithfully, but like there's this just kind of low energy to it. That Yeah, it's what I said about Paranoid. It's just oddly neutered. It's mm-hmm. like... Paranoid is this iconic song from back in the day. Yeah. And to have a version of it by Weezer, who not exactly in their history is just this airy band. Right. Their first album and, you know, there was an edge to that. And Paranoid just kind of floats along and it's like, okay, that was strange. Yep. And even Billy Keen, it's like, I don't, like, you're playing it right now, it's, mm-hmm. it's there, it exists, okay, mm-hmm. it seems unnecessary. And it has these kind of half-hearted, like, you know, he's even doing, like, the little Michael Jackson, like, whoos, but they're, like, I don't know, they're just kind of there and unenthusiastic. And <laughs> Well, Africa was that way, I remember yeah. just the, the, the way the lyrics are performed in Africa, like it's just not as energetic. It doesn't get as high. Does it, it? I don't know. That's why I always prefer the original to this. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of other cover songs of bands that I really care about. So if Pearl Jam were to next week release a, a album of all covers, 
I'd probably eat it up because I'm a <laughs> Pearl Jam nerd, and but I imagine they would do it differently. Right, and I, I mean, I think that's another interesting question: is like if Weezer, re- if <laughs> so, if Weezer releases the Blue Album, Pinkerton, and then this, what is our reaction? Like, what do you think? is some of our, or at least my reaction, due to the fact that I feel like Weezer has been in a long, long decline where I just don't really care very much about new Weezer albums compared to, you know, those first few that I really liked. And, you know, if this came out right after Pinkerton, like when I, you know, liked Weezer the most, am I eating this up because of, you know, because all these songs were pretty much. Well, they were all out by then, so they could have done sure. it then. And how would I have felt about it in that moment? And I suspect we would have felt a little bit different um, in that there was a little bit less of that whole these songs coming back around again because of younger generations finding it. That, you know, maybe we would have given them more of a pass on it. I don't know. It's a little hard to say. But I agree with you that if Pearl Jam did something similar, I feel like <laughs> you as Pearl Jam super fan would be all over it. And I'm asking myself if like James Murphy, if LCD Sound System did this, like what would my take on it be? <laughs> if, if Father John Misty was covering Opera, <laughs> right, right. you know, take on me, you'd probably be like, whoa, this is a bit of genius. I can't believe this happened. But I do kind of feel that if he did do it, like, there would be a lot more of an edge to it than there are to these, so. Like, make the song your own in some way. Yes. I don't know. Like, you know, Pearl Jam has done covers, and they do some pretty famously in their live shows. And it's... You know, they cover quite a few of the the Who songs, and Bob O'Reilly's one of their concert ending uh, songs Mm -hmm. and I think they do a pretty faithful representation of that song but they also like sort of make it their own and you know Last Kiss was a song that they covered years ago that was that got actually quite a bit of mainstream traction and they've they've covered other songs by bands they enjoy they do a lot of Ramones on their concerts um well, I saw them cover uh, Love Rain Over Me, or Over Me, as it actually is. Right. Um, on the, there was an actual Who tribute show years ago now, and that cover was amazing. I mean, at least in that moment it was. But again, like they didn't release it, and they also didn't release a whole album of The Who or a whole album of... <laughs> them preening on the cover of a Teal album. Like, hey, look right. at us. It's the 90s right. again. Aren't we right. cool? And like I, one cover that got me recently was... Um, I was it just came up randomly on social media um, the Wilson sisters the Hart sisters covering Stairway for um, it's the I forget what the exact thing is called it's like the presidential medal or whatever Uh, it was Obama giving these awards to a number of um, artists that he felt had been like iconic and should be recognized and Led Zeppelin were one of them and so they would have somebody do their song and they the Wilson sisters and a huge <laughs> band and eventual choir and whatnot cover Stairway and you know while in some ways it was very true to the original it was also a really big fun production of it and it actually made me enjoy listening to that song again which it's been a long time <laughs> since I can say that uh, I had a childhood friend that I got into to Zeppelin and of course as some people do he just instead of like enjoying the whole Zeppelin catalog he just zeroed in on side A of Led Zeppelin 4 and he just we you know, <laughs> just ruined it for me for years and years and years. Well, we were talking on uh, Facebook about this album, and you're like, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a half-hearted version of Stairway on there. I use a different word than half-hearted. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a family-friendly show, Chris. We can't, right. There's parents driving their kids to school right now. we got to make sure they uh, don't have to yeah. explain anything to the little one. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I, that, yeah, I just kind of felt like, you know, that could have been here. This, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this song that everybody is tired of, and it's going to kind of sound like Weezer and kind of be true to the original and, you know. We're done here. Why Why do you think this band inspires such strong opinions that it's parodied on SNL? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that there is this sort of cultish following to any band that, you know, got pretty popular and was – at any point in time, kind of a indie or critical or critics darling type band. It doesn't even have to be that because there's definitely some bands that were never critics darlings that people still get really whatever about. But, but you know, Weezer has this sort of weird uh, mystique, for lack of a better way of uh, I'm sure there's a better word. But, you know, they released the Blue Album and people really liked it. And then they released the second album that was not that well received, but then like over time has become this big, you know, people have come to regard it as like a really, you know, really, really great album that was misunderstood at the time. And then there's like these long layoffs where he goes to Harvard and, (laughs) you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think they've, they have their strong fan base and people that are really, really passionate about them. And then there's just enough of that sort of weird mythology to them that people get kind of obsessed is not the right word, but you know, people get really into it the same way. Like you get about Pearl jam or, you know, I get about, you know, whoever I get that way about, there's a lot of bands you get that way about. <laughs> but look well, at yes their, no. their, their studio album. So 94 is the Blue Album, which has so many memorable songs. Some of the Say It Ain't So has been ruined by Rock Band because <laughs> I had to play that song so many times in the Rock Band game that I just got tired of it. That's your fault. That is my fault. I'm just saying that I, I hold that against that song. It's still obviously a good song. I think the the sweater song is the only one off of that record that just I, I can't take anymore. Like it was <laughs> it was so everywhere for long enough that I've yeah yeah I can't I can't do it. So then two years later, Pinkerton comes out. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's I we've had this discussion offline of what's what's the quote unquote best Weezer album, right? I think I would say Pinkerton. I think that's the most re-listenable album. Maybe I'm not sure if that makes it the best, but that is my favorite at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so 94, 96, that's a strong freshman, sophomore offering. Right. Um, but then there's a five-year gap. Where right. And, and again, the context is, while you like Pinkerton and I like Pinkerton, critics didn't necessarily write when it came out and the fans didn't really – either like people that came around to it tended to come around to it one two three years later so and i remember liking it when it came out but that the other thing about weezer and certainly that era is the internet as we know it today did not exist so you had your friends some rock critics mtv was still a factor Mm -hmm. where that's sort of how you generated your opinions of music and there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Facebook, there was maybe online message boards a little bit. Oh, there, God, not even really at that point. <laughs> not even really. I mean, we're talking about like prodigy days. Right. <laughs> AOL, like stuff like that. So yeah. everything was much more isolated. It's like you didn't right, have and- this national or global dissection within 18 hours of like oh here's this album here's what it means and here's what we should all think about it people just off you had like you know you had the tastemakers at that point you had like spin and rolling stone and you know that's kind of what people would read and those the the reactions to pinkerton from those kinds of things were very lukewarm at the time so then the green album comes out which much later much later, 2001, and that's mm-hmm. Hashpipes on there. 
Yep. And it's like, oh, hey, Weezer's kind of back. Sounds a little different, but okay, cool. This is fine. And then after that, I think they put out a bunch of stuff, but I really haven't kept up with it beyond that. Right. I mean, so I've, you know, the Green Album's got some, I like Islands in the Sun on the Green Album. Like, yeah, it's the last one that I own. Yeah. And then, yeah, after that, like, the next thing I remember is their video that um, sort of capitalized on all of the early, like, YouTube stars, that internet really stars. Hill song. Uh, was that the one that it was? That's anyway. 2005. It, it had – I don't even feel like that's the right song to go with that, though. Anyway, it had, like, the whole the, – the Mentos experiment. It had the Chocolate Rain guy. It had the girl that does the rant about Britney Spears. And oh, all those people re- are – Probably more recent. In yeah. the video. I mean, it, it, it wasn't that recent anymore, but it was in the aughts somewhere. Like, I remember that, and I've been aware of other albums coming out. I've heard, like, the singles here and there, but they just – didn't really do anything for me. It was just sort of Weezer fine, but I don't, I'm not going to go out and buy that album. Like it's not really breaking any new ground for me here. Well, I think it was maybe the white album, the the one that came out, uh, I guess three years ago now where it was like, they were acknowledging like, Hey, we're not that band anymore, but we're still kind of trying. Like there always seems to be this self-awareness, in some ways of like, hey, we realize you want us to be this thing, but we're not this thing anymore. That was a long time ago. We're something different. So here's what we do now. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I guess other bands aren't that explicit about those struggles. While still sounding kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, Rivers especially has always been kind of in his own head. I mean, he didn't, you know, he was upset right after the Blue Album of kind of like what it meant to be famous and on the road. And that's, you know, what started like the whole at some point, like I'm going to go to Harvard and I'm going to. You know, he tried to join like a choir at Harvard. He tried to get into classical music and then eventually realized that I'm not very good at classical music and then sort of embraced like the things that he liked about pop music. And but anyway, my point being is like it does seem like he's always been sort of having his own struggle with the whole endeavor <laughs> as as things go along and you know they they used to have the whole i don't know if they still do you know they would have the weezer symbol that was very it was a tribute to the huge van halen symbol that they used to have behind them and just i don't know like it kind of seems like they're playing games with people well, I mean, sure. It kind of feels like they're sort of want to be doing stuff as a, again, like as a very straight, like, you know, we really appreciate what these other artists did. And it sometimes feels like our tongue is in our cheek and just sometimes feels pretty lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that comes back to this. Is this. Is this a lazy cash grab? Is this a fun artistic thing? Is this a meme? What what is it? Well, I mean, again, I, I don't mean to give you the non-answer to this, but we were having this discussion, with, or I was having this discussion with a friend of ours on social media not too long ago that, like, you know, in the end, we're, we're talking about art. We're even additionally talking about pretty throwaway art in a lot of ways and like nobody's opinion is invalid when it comes to these things like there's no right or wrong answer it's just you know for me like when i listen to this it sounds really uninspired it does at least africa felt like a pretty calculated move for like let's reclaim a little bit of relevance because this song is already really popular with a demographic that maybe we're not as popular with um 
But for somebody else, like you said, like they may take it as like, oh, that's really cool. Like Weezer is like, you know, doing these covers of all these great iconic songs and like reintroducing, you know, a whole new generation to them, which I again, I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't I don't know if you know 14 year olds care about <laughs> Weezer releasing a cover album at this point but um maybe they do they you know they certainly people take in and find music in different ways now and in the same ways that you know some of these original versions of songs suddenly become you know a number one hit quote unquote on iTunes or whatever YouTube or whatever way people listen to music like maybe this does get that to them and maybe that's great so i mean yeah, there's probably somebody out there right now watching the AHA video for the first time. Right, which is, which is great. Yeah, awesome. that's a really cool thing to think about because it's still an amazing video. Um, and it inspired probably the one of the, my favorite moments of Family Guy ever. <laughs> where they're, Lois is with Chris in the convenience in the grocery store and the hand through the freezer like beckons Chris right. in. And then he's in the aha video for what, it, in typical Family Guy fashion, goes on way too long. Right. It's like funny, then it's not funny, then it's funny because it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And then he crashes out of, like, I don't know, the some other aisle. And Lois is like, where were you? And Chris is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, it, just, it just broke me when I saw that years and years ago. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I like Weezer. It's like, hey, this is cool. It inspired me to listen to some music today, make me think of this, uh, these other songs. At the same time, it's just like, eh, I don't know. It's it's just weird. And maybe this was the point. You know, we've sat here and <laughs> talked about Weezer for, what, 30, 40 minutes now. Um, so maybe, maybe that was part of the calculus was... Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if they come out within a few weeks or a month and be like, and here's the Orange album, our new songs, like just to Mm. capture people's attention. I I, I can't imagine what it we've talked about this in other other episodes of how do you gain traction in this culture of if you're an artist and you have something that you want to show people. Um, or want people to listen to or pay attention to, whether it be a movie or an album or a book, how do you horn in on just the speed of culture? So maybe doing an entire cover album is one way. What are, what are you playing there? <laughs> I wasn't playing anything. That's actually the ringer to my phone. <laughs> oh, blowing up. It, it's... Uh... It's uh, a remix of a of a song. So this People is we we, we keep teasing it, but this is maybe a precursor to our <laughs> underrated, overrated <laughs> music pod. We keep teasing it. Yeah, it's I, it's 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 become a running joke. Now we're never actually going to do it. No, we're doing it. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll end with this because we've had this conversation sometimes uh, with with alcohol involved. But what what is the best Weezer album? Well, again, we already know your answer. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. For, for me, it's it's the Blue album, not because I think it's necessarily better than than Pinkerton, um, but it's it's just. It's my favorite. It's the one that, um, even though it has one song that I can't listen to, like, you know, Surf Wax America, I can listen to kind of all day, every day. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's the one that gets me, but that's, it's fine if people think Pinkerton. It's not really fine if people think anything other than those two. The band didn't even get good until 2005. <laughs> yeah, seriously, fine. It's that that skit is watchable on the internet, and uh, we should just play some of that while we're talking. If uh, we, we should it, have, we get should it have. to load up. But yeah, obviously the the blue album starts off with "My Name Is Jonas," good tune. Uh, no one else. The world has turned and left me here. Buddy Holly, iconic song, sweater song. Even though you've you've heard it a million times, it's a good tune. Uh, say, uh, Surf Wax America, Say It Ain't So in the Garage, Holiday Only in Dreams. So 
It's a solid 10 tracks. And then for Pinkerton, just going through the track list here. Um, so Tired of Sec, Get You, No Other One, Why Bother, Across the Sea, uh, the, El, uh, the Good Life. I just think the combination of El Scorcho and the Pink Triangle is just genius. Mm-hmm. Those two songs, Falling For You is Good, Butterfly. So again, 10 songs. Um, it's a fun discussion to have. I think if you're someone who tries to mention some of the other albums, then yeah, I th- I'd have some disagreements if you're Matt Damon. Yeah, where the hell you been, Rick? I mean, they just set a release date for the freaking Black Album. I mean, they're playing New Year's Rock and Eve. Come on, it's Weezer. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're a Weezer fan? Baby, please, it's Christmas. Oh, no, no, I'm just asking him a question. Sounds like you're into the new stuff. Damn straight. I mean, I think they're doing some cool things right now. <laughs> Baby, be cool. <laughs> just getting to know the neighbors. I'm just a little confused because real Weezer fans know that they haven't had a good album since Pinkerton in 96. Oh, wow. uh-oh. Looks like we have a purist in the house. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with this. <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> it's really good. What's just listen, to the, listen to the whole thing. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about that skit is, like, the other people that are confused, like, why is anybody arguing about Weezer? <laughs> right, Exactly. Like this band that had two albums in the '90s and then kind of <laughs> sort of pops in and out of pop culture for a few months at a time, like yeah. inspires people to stop what they're doing and record podcasts. So, yeah, yep. here we are. Um, here we are. In other news, how were the holidays? Uh, they were weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? Strange. You know, I was out in Jersey, which was fun. We went to New York. Uh, for an evening, did the sort of New York City thing without our son for a night. So that was cool. Went to see a play, which was amazing. We saw Brian Cranston in Network. Nice. Which he just, I don't i don't know how someone does that. Uh, goes to wherever he goes to act that way in front of people, but he's mm-hmm. very impressive. And it was incredibly timely, given the... <laughs> culture and political world we live in right now so yeah did, did you ever watch malcolm in the middle and think that guy's going places <laughs> no i because i didn't watch malcolm in that, the middle quite that dad's bit. gonna be amazing right yeah well, i wasn't <laughs> thinking that so yeah but it was good holiday it's really cold here it's like three below zero right now so it's good to be inside somewhere warm uh, uh doing this yeah yeah, it's it's brutal out there. And it's again a recurring joke, but I we do plan to do this more often. I now have a microphone and headphone uh setup that is looks like it's sounding pretty good. Mm-hmm. I need to Sounds get a few, to me. few other accessories to really go over the top with it, but one thing <laughs> at a time. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have a a little mixing board like I do. Come on. I don't have a mixing board. I got to get the pop filter thing. Oh, yeah, I've got one of those, too. Because that looks cool, and I don't have one, right. so yeah, you know, i, I got to cut down on my, what's it, the B and P sounds? Right. I think that's what it does. you got to turn your head away every time you're going <clears> to <throat> say syllabants. Yes. <laughs> so we, we've even discussed about setting up a specific time each week to record these and yeah, I think we should. It's the only way it's going to happen. I, you know, I, I blame you. That's there's no doubt about I, it. I, you know, you should blame me. I mean, for for we have because when did we when did we last record one of these? I think it might have been the yacht rock one, isn't it? No, I think we did one. I think since I moved into this house, we did one. I remember sitting there watching football and recording a podcast with you. Like I, I didn't even have all my stuff. I was like holding a condenser microphone in my hand. I don't remember what we talked about, but this would have been in the fall. So it still would have been a good three plus months ago. But, but so yeah, I thought our next podcast was going to be about Bumblebee, which we saw together. Right. Which is, is not a terrible topic either no um, good but uh yeah so for i we maybe covered this a little bit on the the last time we recorded i don't even know if i had gotten a job but i have i have moved i'm renting a house i'm back in the minneapolis st paul area proper then i got a 
finally got hired as a school counselor. So I've been starting a new job, um, just sort of reestablishing my life post a divorce that was just finalized. I don't know, a little over a week ago. So that's all new. Yeah, right. So, so you know, there's there's been a lot. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, you know, things are starting to sort of get more to the point that we can record regularly um, without there being quite as much transition and drama and whatnot in my life. But uh, we'll see. Well, that's the effort. And certainly, as uh, if you hear this, have some thoughts about the album. It's worth listening to. Definitely uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know if either one of us is off base. Tell us if we're wrong, if we're right. Yeah, I'd love to hear you know from people that love it and why they love it and why they think it was a good idea or why they think it's relevant. Like you're again, as I said, you're not wrong. So <laughs> lay it on us. I'm just kind of confused because real Weezer fans know that there hasn't been a good album since Pinkerton. <laughs> Later on, she's like, she's like, you know, I can, I can go up to the Green album with you, which is just, you know, exactly me. So. Right. <laughs> Doesn't she like break plates at one point? She's like, I will cut you. <laughs> she, I think it's a champagne glass that she like crushes her. Crush hand. it is in her hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly somebody in the writers is a is a is a big Weezer fan because it was definitely spot on. Pretty spot on. Well, we're gonna leave it at that, and hopefully we're back soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this quickly so. We we don't miss out on the teal album zeitgeist. Oh, uh, we've are the internet is, uh, as we are speaking. They are on to something else that you know we've been sitting here talking and you know Kanye's done something stupid or who knows what. Like yeah. they're on to the next thing. Sure. Um, well, good chatting, good doing this again. Glad the microphone works and you can hear me. That's that's a yep. plus. And uh, we'll rally back soon. In the meantime, uh, give us a shout. I'm at the id dm on Twitter, and you can find Chris at geek zynga that is correct and i'm trying again to make myself get on twitter regularly i like hearing from people about this kind of stuff just some of the twitter garbage sometimes turns me off and i stop looking at it for a while so and for you the know. record twitter garbage is me writing to you and you not responding but st <laughs> vincent, well, vincent posts something you're like oh thank you so much i was like i see how it is uh you know y- St. Vincent is easier on my ears and my eyes than you are. Sorry. Well, that's totally understandable. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, sir. You too. See ya.